Great to see you folks. Lovely to be still at the front seeing all your lovely faces. It's the first time for me here. And uh, yeah, it's a great joy. And uh, I'm really expectant to what God has for us this morning. Um, God is good all the time. And he has got some amazing things in store for each one of you as we place our trust in him. And that's my title for today is Stepping Into the Impossible... Step one, trust. So we're going to learn a little bit more from Psalm 23, which is a well-known psalm, a very well-known psalm. And it's a reflection of David being on a spiritual journey with the Lord as his shepherd. And I, I'm using this song because it, it's been sort of a favorite for me, particularly over this last two years when I've really overlaid and understood Psalm 23 in my own experience. So it's not really theological this morning. It's really experiential. It's something that I've walked with God. And I'd like to, to share you, that journey with you. We're going to go on a journey together through Psalm 23. Does that sound Okay. Yay, let's do it. So, Psalm 23. It is a generic psalm. That means it has application to each one of you today as Christians. But it's also a totally unique psalm because it speaks directly and individually to each one of you because you are awesomely and wonderfully made. This is what it says in Psalm 139. For it was you who formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am awesomely and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works that I know very well. Your eyes beheld my unformed substance. In your book were written all the days that were formed for me when none of them as yet were. There was one cell from your mum and there was one cell from your dad. And these two cells merged to make one cell. Inside that one cell were four characters, four nucleotides that began to write a character description of God that has never been written before in the history of humankind. That character description is three billion characters long. After the code has been written, the cell sets out to build that model. And here you are today, each one of you awesomely and wonderfully made. Do you know, that is just the biology. That is just what we 
know what we can see as humans through science. Behind that is Almighty God, who is good beyond measure, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence those things that do not exist. And that is the God whom we serve. I'd like us to spend just one minute being still in God's presence. I'd like us to be still. This is a little theme that's going to run through Psalm 23 this morning. To be still and know that he is God. You just close your eyes for one minute. Somebody came to... um, to Jesus in John's gospel. And he said this, he said, how can I know God? And Jesus said, through the breath of life, the breath of life to breathe on you so that my spirit and your spirit become one spirit. And Lord, in this minute, I invite you to breathe on us this morning your breath of life. God's breath is peace. It's warmth. It's his sunshine for you this morning. you sense that, would you just say yes this morning to God? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yeah, Lord, we honor you. We thank you for your presence. And Lord, we ask that as we journey through Psalm 23 now, that you would journey with us and open the eyes of our heart to understand. And in Jesus' name, uh, yeah, we pray and ask. Amen. So let's turn to Psalm uh, 23. Here we go. So he begins by... Um, saying, uh, this is David, and it's a reflection of David on a spiritual journey that he's had with the Lord as his shepherd. And he said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. And that, you can translate that, there shall be no lack. And that's really important in a few minutes' time. We're going to come back to that. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall have no lack. In verse 2, we're coming on to a time which I've called preparation. It's basically a season of preparation for the journey, setting out with God 
on a journey. He says this, he said, he makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. I'd like us to think of the green grass and the still waters. They are metaphors for a heavenly place. This is a place that Jesus said, all those who are weary and heavy laden, come to me and I will give you rest. This is a real place that exists in the reality of heaven that Jesus invites us into with his presence, by his presence. Some of you sensed that before. Be still and know that I am God. Still waters, green pastures. It's a heavenly reality. It's where hunger and thirst are satisfied. It's where we encounter the Lord. And in that encounter, we can sit at his feet daily, waiting and listening. It's a place of grace. Uh, Bill Johnson, a fifth-generation pastor from uh, Redding, California, gave a description of grace as the empowering presence of God. Jesus calls us away to find rest. It's like time out. We need time out with God. And we need to invite him, like we've been modeled at the front. You know, they said, you know, we welcome your presence this morning, Lord, to be amongst us. You can do that in your own time, in your daily devotion to God. Wait on his presence. From that place, God called me to um, make an application to Bible College. And 18 months later, here I am. And there's a whole story behind that, which some of it I will share this morning. I've called this a place where the destination of promise. Pete was just out here saying, um, you know, what was precious was understanding where we are and where God's destination is for us. And he begins to reveal in this time of rest, in this time out with God, when we encounter him and know his empowering presence and we're listening to what the Lord has to say to us, that the destination of promise becomes a reality. Verse 3 says this, He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. This namesake, this is um, leading in paths of righteousness is really where this, this plan begins, this destination of a promise from God. And that will be different from each one of you. For me, at the moment, it was Bible college. For you, you're stepping into the impossible with your Lord and with your God to where he's leading you and guiding you. For his namesake, was an expression that David used as he trusted the Lord. 
as being completely committed to their relationship and fully convinced that he is able to do what God had promised for him. Stepping into the impossible, step one, trust. Trust is the anchor of faith. It secures us and it holds us in faithfulness to things hoped for. It's, trust is it's such an amazing gift that we can place our trust in God. Trust. Part of uh, my journey, as I mentioned, was coming to college. And part of that was uh, finding some accommodation. And uh, I traveled down to this area and talked to Phil uh, about coming to be at uh, this church at Coastline Vineyard and uh, to have a look around for accommodation. I didn't find anything. And um, I, I drove home feeling... I didn't even know what the feeling was, but I was, felt incredibly vulnerable. And this song came up on YouTube. I was listening to a random songs come up, but it's a, it's a song uh, by uh, Christine DiMarco, Take Courage. I'll just read the first couple of verses. Slow down, take time. Breathe in, he said. He'd reveal what's to come. The thoughts in his mind, always higher than mine. He'll reveal all to come. Take courage, my heart stayed steadfast my soul he's in the waiting he's in the waiting hold on to your hope as your triumph unfolds he's never failing he's never failing i played that one song for two weeks on a continual loop going round and round i mean this is like wow i really sense god encouraging me to stand firm and have hope in him. It got to two weeks to go, and uh, I, I, I just, I, it was one of those things, I just had a little chat with God, and I said, you know, Lord, I know that you know, and you know that I know that you know, so, like, can we begin to, <laughs> this is getting really quite serious, because <laughs> I booked in, everything's going to plan, and then the next day, I got a text from Aid, who's a senior pastor here, and he said, Oh, hi, Nigel. How's everything coming together? I hope everything's all right. I said, yeah, do you know what, Aid? I'm texting back, and I said, everything's really come together, but I still haven't got any accommodation. And uh, anyway, three days later, he texted me back. He said, well, um, I think I might have found something. Somebody's going to get in contact with you. And I stayed with Stuart and Jane Chalmers for nine months, and they were just the right people for me for that season. It was amazing. And it's sometimes it's waiting. God is in the waiting. You know, we need to spend time with him waiting. And I waited on the Lord, and he fulfilled his promise, and here I am. Verse 4. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Everybody 
experiences what I just call the storms of life. It's when we face challenges and crises of many kinds. I'd just like to um, share one on the, uh, uh, from the Exodus, and it goes like this. It says, um, so basically, um, the Lord's people, the Israelites, have set out. Uh, Pharaoh's sort of said, you can go. And uh, they are now camped at the Red Sea. It says, uh, Pharaoh took 600 picked chariots and all the other chariots of Egypt with officers all over them. As Pharaoh drew near, the Israelites looked back. And there were the Egyptians advancing on them. In great fear, the Israelites cried out to the Lord. Moses said to the people, Do not fear. Stand firm and see the deliverance that the Lord will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to keep still. When we come to the valley, the first thing, it's called a valley of the shadow of death. There loomed upon them the shadow of death, 600 picked chariots. This is like, wow, mate, we're toast. Yet Lord said, the only thing you need to do is be still. It's in his presence to be still. The heaven reality was released in Moses' words over that whole camp. All you need to do is be still. As we enter this place, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. The Christian paradox is this. Out of death comes life. There is a great opportunity in this valley for you, for death, to become life. Is the valley for you a threat? Is the valley an opportunity? Helen Glover saw an opportunity in lockdown. She's the first woman to win an Olympic gold. The first mother, I should say. The first mother ever to win an Olympic gold. She saw in lockdown an opportunity. She got the gold. Is your valley today, is it a threat to you or is it an opportunity? The Lord encourages us to be still and know that he is God I know many valleys because I come from the area of the northwest from the Lake District and there's some huge places there, big valleys. And the valley floor, it's just like this green carpet in the front. And as you're on the valley floor, there's a mountain rises up to your right and there's a mountain rises up to, the, to your left. And sometimes in a valley like that, you know, you, you can lose perspective. It's a foreboding place. And do you know in a valley, there's one way in and there's one way out. 
And the Lord encourages us. David's reflection is this. Although I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Trust is the anchor of faith. It secures us and holds us in faithfulness to things hoped for. From Mark's Gospel, it said this, On that day when evening came, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat. Other boats are with him. A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern, asleep. They woke him up. Teach, he said. Do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up, rebuked the wind, and said, Be still. Be still. Jesus, when he was asleep, was demonstrating the reality of another kingdom. What was he doing? He was, we would say he's sleeping, but what, what other word could you use? Begins with our N's in T, four letters. He was at rest. He was resting. He's demonstrating the reality of another kingdom. He said to them, do not be afraid. Do not fear. The storm is at the point which they had grace through faith to overcome and get to the other side to their destination. The context they were fishermen, right? I mean, they knew what a windstorm of this ferocity could do. They knew the dangers. The storm is the point of fear of a lack of safety to reach the destination. The, the, the storm is the very point of of a fear, of a lack. And what was the beginning? What did, what did he say? What did David say? He said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. There's no lack. That's the promise of God. The fear is the point of lack. A lack of safety to get to their destination. The Lord's empowering presence encourages us to be still. Trust is the anchor that secures us and holds us in faithfulness to things hoped for. Friends, we can become overcomers in the valley. Even more than that, we are conquerors. And do you know why? Because God does something with us. He transforms us in his presence as we choose him 
rather than choosing the fear of the storm. It's, it's your royal calling to be God's people. This is the very place that he does the stuff. Pete before said this when in worship, he said, the lion and the lamb. The lion and the lamb. They heard this. The lion of Judah has conquered. They saw this. The lamb that was slain. The lion conquers through dying for us. That's what Jesus did. He conquered, the lion conquered through dying for us. The lamb that was slain, there they are. They're on the road to, on back to Emmaus. Da, 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 da. Somebody comes alongside. Yeah, you know what's going on here, guys. And yet, I was like, we're finished. Oh, really? Like, let me tell you about the scriptures. I wonder what he said. Have you heard about the lion? Yeah. Have you heard about the lamb? Ear off, sword out, ears off, Jesus heals. Ear back on again. Guys, this isn't the way. I know you can hear that. Praise God. Whew. got a little quote here. It's from Bill Johnston. I hope I have permission to. I think I've gone over time. Really sorry. Should I carry on? Is it okay? Come on, let's do it. Sorry, Aid. I know he's watching. Sorry, mate. They've asked me to carry on. <laughs> oh, bless you. So Bill Johnson, he goes through, basically, this is a really tough calling because he has seen miracle after miracle. Him and his wife, Benny, they've got a ministry of healing. I mean, they are just seeing signs, wonders, and miracles. His dad is diagnosed with cancer. And they, like, think, you know, this is, like, this is going to be another one, a triumph. And they don't see what they expect. Six months later, his dad, his dad slipped away. And I want to just share these words with you because this is... These are real practical steps. This is really important. He said this. I didn't want us to miss our opportunity to give God a, sac a, sac a costly sacrifice of praise when it seemed most unreasonable. but it's one I have never regretted giving him. We knew that God was still in charge. You don't get the peace that passes all understanding until you give up your right to understand. He's still in the valley. He's given up his right to understand. 
we learn that no question has the power to undermine what God has already shown us to be true. See, faith doesn't deny a problem. It denies the problem's existence to influence. It's okay not to have answers for your questions. Be still in the presence of God. We learned that our Father was good beyond measure, came and brought healing to our brokenness. The outcome, strength, peace, and breakthrough. That's, that's a bit awesome. I like that bit. Another little quote from Bill, and we're just coming into land now. He said, this was a prayer. He said, I will make what you are doing the only thing I do. You know, that's for every single person in this room. If you are, you love the Lord, make what he is doing in your life the only thing you do. And he said this, that prayer came out of the, re- the realization that, that some things end only because we don't become the p- people he needs us to be in order to give increase. It's in the valley. It's a place where death becomes life and increase. Verse 5. It says this. He says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. This is David in the making. It's a royal call. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. That's all of you, a royal priesthood, regal people. And it's worked out in the valley. Will you trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding? Can you be still in his presence in the times, in the valley where you lose perspective? And finally, verse 6. Surely goodness and love shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. It's a triumphant call of David as he looks back on his spiritual journey with the Lord as his shepherd. God brings it into a spacious place. And to finish, 
Psalm 18, verses 18 and 19. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a broad place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. Amen.